Is that not a strong and powerful song? Uh, people of Getwell, they said, Amen. Uh, can we not just speak that name over this place? Will you say it with me? Jesus. One more time. Jesus. And it can break uh, strongholds. And that's what we're going to talk about uh, today. Uh, in my mind and thinking, sitting here, uh, I thought, well, here we have Allie and we have Zach. And in my way of thinking, we covered everything from A to Z. <laughs> Overwhelmed. When you think of that word, what comes to your mind? If there ever was a time in which that word seems to depict uh, the emotional state of our nation, it would be that word. It seems like uh, we are overwhelmed, and because our nation is overwhelmed, it's trickling down uh, to our individual lives. And we have so many people that are saying, will we ever return to normal? Uh, we have so many that are saying, uh, this is the worst. And so we are hearing all those things among our nation and we feel that same way. That's why we are beginning this sermon series, as Jonathan said, for us to navigate the emotions that come along with feeling overwhelmed. Whether we are stressed, whether we are worried, whether we are lonely, whether we are wherever. And so we want to look at these different emotions and how we can navigate them, not only to get through them, but yet they would be God-honoring. As we talk about stress today, here is the definition of stress. It's going to be on the screen. And it says, stress is your body's reaction to pressure from a certain situation or event. Stress is your body's reaction to pressure from a certain situation or event. Now, I am a visual learner. And so I brought this today. This is my friend, Bob. Say hello to Bob. So if the definition is stress is the reaction we have to a certain event or uh, situation, then let's look at what happens to Bob. Because we have the pressure of the pandemic. Uh, we have the pressure of taking care of aging parents, and there's a squeeze. We have the pressure of going back to school and trying to understand how do we do that and there's the squeeze. Uh, we have the pressure uh, for Bob about finances and there's that squeeze. Uh, we have that pressure of one more Zoom meeting. <laughs> and look at Bob. But see, I can let go of the balloon. 
And you can't see any damage that has happened to Bob because it's just a balloon. But for you and for me, with the pressure that we have in our life for whatever it may be, it leaves a lot of marks, a lot of scars on our life if they are not handled properly. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. So right now, at this moment, I want you to take this time and name what is the thing that is causing you the most stress in your life. Take a moment. Name that thing. Because we're going to be looking at how we can navigate and so it can be God-honoring as we go through that. Uh, today's lesson is not about how we can get out of stressful situations. That's not the purpose. Uh, today's lesson, it deals with how do we walk through the stressful situations that we have. Look with me uh, from Luke 10. Take your Bibles. It's a familiar story. It's about Mary, Martha, and also Jesus. And it's familiar but I want us to look at some of the truths that we have here uh, found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. It will be on the screen. And here's what Luke writes. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She said to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Reading this story, uh, we can hear, we can assume that the Lord is saying to Martha that she's doing too much. Uh, that there's something wrong with her attitude towards service. And that might be the case. Uh, that is probably what he is identifying in all of this. But I think there's something deeper in Martha's life that you and I are going to have to wrestle with. We got to wrestle this thing down if we're going to know how to navigate and come out on the other side of the stressful situation that you and I just named. Uh, there's no doubt that Jesus points out all that Martha is doing, all that seems to be stressing her out. Uh, he points to the pressure on the balloon of her life of that meal that uh, she is just trying to get done. Jesus talks about that meal and how she is working so hard, so hard uh, to prepare it. He doesn't sidestep those things. He identifies those in her life that are causing her to be unfocused. He names them. But notice what Jesus does. How he turns the attention from the meal uh, to that which is stressing her out. To paraphrase what Jesus said, uh, he said to her, Martha. Martha, uh, you're approaching this thing all wrong. And because you are approaching it all wrong, wrong, what you are doing is causing you not to have joy, not to have happiness, not to have peace. And Jesus gets real honest. And he begins to suggest to her the reason that 
she is in this particular state of emotional twistedness. The things that matter most, she is not attending to. It's good that you're doing all this, but the things that matter most, you've kind of pushed it to the side. What things are being neglected? Well, let me name two. I'm sure there are more that we could put, put on our list, but there are two that are significant for us today. And this first one is a priority. If we're going to learn how to walk through those stressful situations that you and I named, and the first one is this, and it's just to rest at the feet of Jesus. For you and for me, just to be alone with God. Bottom line, for you and me to find our prayer closet. When was the last time that you were really serious about prayer and praying to God. When, when was the last time that you just sat at his feet not saying anything but just being in his presence? That's what real relationship is all about. Just being together not having to say a word that is where relationship is really rich. And just being together with the Lord and then if necessary, speaking Jesus over all the things that just have you weighted down. I'm doing exactly what we sang because his name is power. His name is healing. His name is life. Breaking the strongholds, shining through the shadows, burning like a fire. Just speak Jesus in those times with the Lord in that prayer closet. In our culture in Western Christian journey, we don't do that very well. We might resort to it if the wheels come off our wagon and we find ourselves uh, with relationship issues or health issues, then we might get real serious about the prayer closet. But let me ask you today, looking back over your week, how much time could you identify that you have spent with the Lord? Not praying just over a meal. Not praying just over your day. Not praying for traveling mercies. But be, getting serious with the Lord and just deepening that relationship that you have with him. How much time would you say? Honestly, as we look at it, trying to find out how we can juggle and navigate this life, how much time have we truly spent with the Lord? Looking back in Luke 10, we find two different kinds of people. I wonder which one you identify with. I know which one I identify with. But as we look to Luke 10, we find that there is Martha. Martha just has the attitude of get her done. 
And because she is in that attitude of get her done, it just seems to be building stress upon stress upon stress. The next person that we have in the story is, Moth, is Mary, uh, because we get a picture of what it looks like when someone takes time to just put down responsibility. Stop pressing, stop stressing, and choose to rest at the feet of Jesus. We get a picture of that with Mary. As I looked at these two women and the two characters that we have here, there's not much difference between them. Because as you look at them, uh, they were sisters. And we also know that uh, they were both uh, probably serving as hosts here at this uh, dinner. Uh, they loved God. They were loved by God. The only difference I see in this story between the two is that one made a choice. A choice that I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus. You see, Martha got a little too busy. And Mary realized that it's time to rest. And just be at the feet of her Savior. As I thought about this meal in Luke 10, uh, we can assume that both of them were preparing the meal. Uh, both were serving as hosts, as we said before. Uh, but as they were serving as hosts, uh, I believe that uh, they were doing everything they could do to get the meal ready. But Jesus walked in the room. And at that moment, I believe Mary said, wait a minute. This doesn't happen every day. The, the bread may burn. Uh, the pot roast may overcook. But that's okay. Because I'm going to stop what I'm doing. And I'm going to sit in the presence of the one who just walked into this room to be with me. And finding Mary at the feet of Jesus, we can identify the second thing that we often neglect in life and neglect in our spiritual journey. Something that you and I might have to wrestle down uh, ourselves if we're, as we're navigating the stress that we identified. And that second thing uh, has to do with focus. Where is your focus? We live in a world that seems to focus on problems, on uncertain situations, on absolutely ridiculous stuff, don't we? We watch the news and we question who writes this stuff. It makes no common sense. And so we're inundated by what we see on the news, but then we have our own problems as well. Problems like struggles in our marriage, pink slip at work, losing someone that we love, children that are rebellious, cancer diagnosis, financial struggles, and one thing after another just begins to compound itself until we are overwhelmed and we are stressed to the max. With those things compounding, where do we focus? If you're like me, I focus on the problem. I want relief. I want it to go away. I'm seeking a solution. So if you're like me, uh, that's just part of being human. But if that's where our focus is on the problems, then 
I want to share with you a couple of anchors that I found this week as I worked on this for me. If you need to hear the same things that I have found, uh, that's just gravy. But here's the first anchor that I found uh, for me as I deal with this issue of focus. And it's this, that I am making a decision that life is not going to overwhelm me anymore. I'm making that decision. There's little doubt, and isn't it true, that the overwhelming circumstances will always be overwhelming if I allow them to be. The best I can for Bill, I'm going to be like Mary. And I'm going to rest at the feet of Jesus, and I'm going to focus. Do you hear that word? I am going to focus on the one that has called me to meet with him. The one that has entered into my world, just as he entered into Mary's world. The best I can, I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus, and I'm going to speak the name of Jesus over the things that are stressing me out. His power, his healing, his strength. It's a fact, folks, that if, as we shift our focus from Christ, uh, shift our focus from the circumstances to Christ, everything changes. Everything. However, if we're constantly focused on our circumstances, then we will be overwhelmed. Maybe a simpler way to say the spiritual truth is this. It's worth writing down. What gets our attention determines our direction. What gets our attention determines our direction. We see this in Hebrews 12, verse 2. Because in that, it says that, uh, it, that we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Then it continues, and it says, because of the joy awaiting him, awaiting Jesus, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in a place of honor beside God's throne. Folks, we can get so focused on our circumstances that we cannot focus on Christ. But here's the key. We, we can't do both. We have to choose. Where will we focus? Focusing on our circumstances and the size of our problems or focusing on the size of our God? Uh, you choose. Where will you focus? For me so often, my battle with fear and anxiety that I have struggled with in this life, I kept looking, kept focusing on the situation, on the struggle that I was walking through. I kept my eyes on the pressure of that stressful situation, thinking things would never change. And my focus should, uh, should have always been on the Savior, but yet it was on the circumstances. For Bill, I know what it's like. Not to focus on the right thing. I know. What I want to learn is, and I hope you do too, is learn to choose. Choose to focus on Jesus. Because change begins with a decision. It's a decision whether we will be overwhelmed or overcome. That means for Bill, if I had to write an entry into my spiritual journal, here's what I would write. 
When stress seems to get the better part of my day, I'm not looking to Jesus to change my circumstances. I look to Jesus to change me in those circumstances. Do you hear that? And that leads us to the next anchor that I found for Bill. I'm choosing not to be overwhelmed. But the second anchor is this, and it goes hand in glove. And the second anchor is, I'm going to shelter in with God. That's the language we use today, right? Last six months, I'm going to shelter in with God. My dependence is going to be on Him. That means for me, in the stressful situation that I have identified, I choose to just put one foot in front of the next. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to give this day and let it be a beautiful picture to the Lord. One foot after the next, I'm sheltering in with God. I am trusting Him. He is all I need. And that is where I'm anchoring in. And what stirred this mindset for me to shelter in with God comes from a poem that I kept going back to and back to and back to. And I want you to see it. It's written by an anonymous poet. And look at it. The title of it is, My Name is I Am. Here's what it says. If you live in the past, it will be very hard, for I am not there. My name is not I was. And if you live in the future, it will be very hard. For my name is not, I will be. But if you live in the present, it is not hard. For my name is, I am. I am changes who I am. Becky has this picture that is framed that she has in our home. And it's going to be on the screen, and it is written by Bob Goff. Uh, Bob Goff is a wonderful uh, author. He's written books like Love Does, or he's also written Live in Grace, Walk in Love. But that little saying says this. Pay attention to it. It says, the way we deal with uncertainty says a lot about whether Jesus is ahead of us leading or just behind us carrying our stuff. At first glance, we look at that little saying. We don't see much of a difference, do we? But the question that we have to go, hmm, about is this. Are we the one leading in life? And just letting Jesus pick up the mess behind us? Or are we following his leading in this life? How do you answer that? If we're going to shelter in with God, is it like, come on, Jesus. Come on, keep up. Or are we following him? You choose. I did order the book Dr. Jet David Jeremiah wrote. Uh, and the title of it, of it is Shelter in God, where I got this anchor. And he goes back and he just shares so many different uh, characters in the Bible of how God used in the past sheltering in with these individuals. A couple that I share with you. 
Dr. Jeremiah writes, he says, God sheltered Noah and his family for one year in the ark until Noah emerged to be the father of all nations of the world. God sheltered Moses in a remote desert for 40 years, but, God, but Moses came forth to liberate the Jewish people from Egypt. God sheltered Jonah for three days and three nights in the belly of a well. When the sheltering was over, Jonah went to Nineveh and preached history's greatest revival. And in the book, he talks about Daniel. He talks about David, Esther, Naomi, and Paul, and how God shelters in. And then he says, lastly and most incredibly, God sheltered Jesus in a tomb for three days. And on the third day, Jesus came forth in power to bring salvation to the world. As you read one after the next after the next, I, I don't know what God is up to. I don't know what's going on now. But I do know because of what God did in the past, he's still going to do in the present for you and for me. And so I choose to shelter into that which I can trust and be as obedient as I can to where he is leading me and where he is calling me. The God who sheltered his people in biblical days won't stop now. So come what may, I am trusting him. Your stress, your pressure, what is it that you have named? There's a lot of things I cannot control that happen to me in life. But there is one thing I can control. And that's whether I choose to sit at the feet of Jesus. Where my focus will be on him. And I choose not to be overwhelmed because I'm sheltering in with God. And this Jesus, the last day that he was on this earth, was with his friends. And he took something that was so common uh, with his friends that they had done year after year after year, and he changed it. And he took a loaf of bread at that Passover and he said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after the meal, he took a cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. His body, his blood given for you.